0: Welcome to Archetypes and Anarchy, a podcast created by me, Courtney Floyd, and my introduction to fiction students at the University of Oregon in spring of 2018.
1: Episode 10
2: remixing Little Red Riding Hood.
0: Hey, 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 this is Group 8 doing an Anarchy
3: episode. I am Megan, a sophomore at the University of Oregon.
2: And I'm Caitlin, a sophomore at the University of Oregon.
3: And I'm Sarah, also a sophomore at the University of Oregon. Let's get this thing started. (laughs) We have never
2: done a podcast before, so this is kind of new to us. Uh, I'm not sure how this will go. We'll try it out.
0: We literally just have a mic sitting in the middle of a table and just hoping it goes well.
2: Today we'll be talking about Little Red Riding Hood, a fairy tale first published in the late 17th century, written by Charles Perrault. We are going to be linking modern retellings such as "Hoodwink the movie, Once Upon a Time, the Red-Handed episode, and the Grim Pilot episode to this classic tale. These modern retellings have been evolving with time and definitely encompassing different meanings for each generation and culture.
0: So we have a few archetypes that we are going to uncover. Um, We are going to talk about Little Red Riding Hood, the wolf, the grandmother, and the mother. Um, starting off with Little Red, she is definitely the fool and is easily manipulated. I think this is also because she's so young and she's so innocent, and what I find interesting is that she doesn't have a dad, which I think also draws to the, like, it brings forward that she is, doesn't have a father figure in her life to give her that, that disciplinary that she should have. Um, I think another reason that she's innocent is because she lives in the forest and all she has is her mother and there's not really much to learn from from there. And, um, what also is super interesting about Little Red is the choice of language by the author. He brings her, like, he talks about her as if she is a creature. He calls her the prettiest creature and this dehumanizes her
3: and makes her look like prey. Going off what you said, Megan, I think that without Little Red's father figure, It kind of, uh, she doesn't know who or what to see in male figures, so when she interacts with the wolf, she doesn't know really how to act or to catch these red flags. And it is evident that predators catch prey, and the wolf is seen as both an animalistic predator and a sexual predator. For example, the wolf says, come and get into bed with me, which refers as a sexual connotation. And males are also sometimes referred to as dogs, which ties back into the character of the wolf. Yet moreover, the wolf can also be seen as very dominant and an alpha male personality, prying on the innocence of a little girl. And I mean, I think that'd it be kind of creepy if an old man was trying to get with a little girl, <laughs> such as Red. So most fairy tales, I think the grandmother
0: and the mother are more prominent than they are in Little Red Riding Hood. And in this story, they're completely absent. And um, it's just super interesting because when we talk about the mother, she is so in love with Little Red, but it just seems weird that she kind of just lets her go off. But specifically the grandmother, she usually should be seen as a wise crone, but is seen as um, more vulnerable and senile and just like someone that they have to take care of more. The grandmother's illness also makes her innocent and vulnerable like Little Red Riding Hood. For instance, the story reads, The good grandmother who was in bed because she was somewhat ill and cried out, pull the bobbin and latch will go up. This reiterates what is previously mentioned. The grandmother's innocence ultimately leads to her death.
2: What also stood out to me is that the mother directed her to visit her grandmother, maybe because she doesn't get to see her very often, And it was important to care for her mother, especially in the time that she was ill. And so it was important to give her sweets. Um, Personally, in my own family, it was extremely important to visit my grandparents when they are ill because I'm unable to see them very frequently. Also, another character that I found interesting was the mother. She wasn't really a present figure in her daughter's life whatsoever. And I can't imagine trying to grow up without a motherly role model or even a fatherly role model in this case. Um, I think that she should have had a sense of security for her only child, and she definitely lacked that parental figure she needed to be. Considering she's quote-unquote excessively fond of her, Little Red Riding Hood was sent off by her mother to deliver cake and a pot of butter to her ill-ridden grandmother into this dark forest unsupervised, which I found was very interesting. I believe that the cake and pot of butter represented lack of wealth, maybe because these two food items are, in other words, fatty foods. I guess you could just say like we're unsure
0: why the author chose cake rather than a piece of butter or a piece of bread because during that time, desserts generally represented wealth and um, most people in poverty couldn't eat desserts. Um, Another controversial image is the red hood. The most prominent image of the red hood is that it portrayed menstruation and coming of age, yet during the 17th century, red was a sinful color.
3: Yeah, a well-known book, The Scarlet Letter, written by Nathaniel Hawthorne in 1850, really shows the significance of how the color red is seen as a simple color. Um, during the 19th century, well after the publication of Little Red Riding Hood, women who committed adultery were marked with a scarlet A on their dress, and only women with bad reputations usually wore red dresses. And I think that Peral, um, could have suggested this as a part of Little Red Riding Hood's coming of age, and I really find this interesting that in a time period, the color red can have multiple meanings and can be open to interpretation. This furthermore supports our argument of evolving times and different perceptions in each art.
2: Another interesting archetypal image that I notice in multiple fairy tales was the forest. It definitely seems as if the forest is a place for heroic characters to get lost in. However, they do seem to return as a more responsible and developed person. Um, this fairy tale definitely contradicts that assumption, though, because the forest, more importantly, represents an unknown place in a dangerous environment. Um, I also found it very interesting that this forest is considered a dangerous place because in most modern retellings nowadays, have very happy and nice animals that help these characters progress and find their way home or find their destination.
0: A story that comes to mind is Snow White. Everyone is happy in the forest. Everyone's singing. All the animals are there. Even when Snow White sings... All the animals come to her and are loving. They're not um, aggressive in any way. It's just a story that came to mind for me.
3: Yeah, and overall, through our modern retellings, we found that the new storylines of these fairy tales are attracting everyone and more people because of the constant change and differences in this tale. And I think that modern retellings attract more people because the fairy tales um, adjust with our society and bring in new ideas. That also play into the old ideas and I think that's really
2: cool okay I think it's a good time for us now to talk a little bit more about our individual retellings and how these archetypes have changed and how they're challenging these stories we watched and I'll pass it on to Megan
0: Little Red Riding Hood has been to- retold in numerous styles from tv series to comic books through these retellings we hear different versions but we also hear many similarities The modern retelling I watched is Hoodwinked, directed by Corey Edwards, Todd Edwards, and Tony Leach, produced by Canbar Entertainment and Blue Yonder Films, released January 13, 2006. So Hoodwinked is the story of Little Red Riding Hood, but they put a major twist on it. Um, They turn it into a crime investigation, which I thought was kind of interesting. Someone is stealing the recipes, and um, they're going after all the goodie shops, and Granny's shop is the next one. And it's up to Red to keep Granny's recipes safe from the bandit. And what she decides to do is take the recipes with her and go to Granny's house. Um, when Red gets to at Granny's house, she is taken back to find that the wolf is dressed up as her grandma. And is, this leads to a full-blown investigation on who is stealing the recipes, and each of them are suspects. Hoodwink retails Little Red Riding Hood in an interesting way. Why they do that, I have no idea, but that's a question I hope to uncover through this analysis. In the beginning, Red uses lines that come straight out of the original story. She says, Grandma, why are your arms so big? Or, Grandma, why are your ears so big? And does this continuous back-and-forth conversation with the wolf. That's not the only thing that Hoodwing touches on from the original version of Little Red. Um, During the interaction between wolf and Red in the forest, Red actually brings up not being able to talk to strangers. And um, this is the whole reason why Charles per- Perlot talks about or created the story of Little Red Riding Hood. Um, both versions of the story take place in the woods, which, but what makes Hoodwing different is that the woods is mostly filled with talking and singing animals, kind of like how we touched on earlier, Snow White. Um, and in the original story, the forest is supposed to be dark, a dark and forbidden place. But I think nowadays they changed the way we look at the forest because I think children in this generation have been more sheltered and protected, and they don't want to. Um, they don't want to show kids the bad. They only want to show them the good. Um, and for the grandmother in the original story, she's senile and she's old, but in this story, like, her age does not stop her. She goes skiing, like, she does things behind um, Little Red's back that Little Red Riding Hood had no idea that she did. And I kind of think they made Little Red Riding Hood smarter and they made Grandma stronger because nowadays we are trying to empower women and make them feel more independent rather than back then they were seen as more of, a liability in someone that cleans the house and does the cooking, but in the Hoodwink, they actually change it so that they're the strong, independent ones, and the males are kind of more seen in the background. Um, in my opinion, the writers of Hoodwink strayed away from the archetypes in the original Little Red Riding Hoods because of that exact reason. And um, the writers of Hoodwink did this through Red and Granny, and they didn't feed into the stereotypes. Um, that they gave the characters in the original story, and I think they did the actually the exact opposite. Like, as for the wolf, like, he is supposed to be the antagonist. Well, he is the antagonist in Hoodwinked, and in Hoodwinked, he is a character that's super innocent. Like, he plays a, journalisa- a journalist, and he is trying to, um, like, uncover a big breaking story, but through Red's retelling in the investigation he, um, he's portrayed as a bad guy because in red eyes he's a wolf and he is bad, but the way the authors of this, um, film decided to make it is that he actually is a good guy and he's not actually bad at all, um, and at the end, at the end of the day, it ended up being someone they never thought it was, and I think that's kind of an interesting, um, lesson to learn is that don't just feed into stereotypes and what you think, Like you think someone's bad, but they actually could be good because you don't know their story at all. And it ended up being a bunny that lived in the forest and no one would have ever thought that was the case. Okay, and now I'm going to pass it on to Caitlin and she's going to talk more
2: about Once Upon a Time. Uh, There are definitely various retellings and modern adaptions of Little Red Riding Hood. And one that I watched and I thought that was intriguing was the well-known TV series Once Upon a Time. I specifically watched the Red-Handed episode it's the 15th episode on season one of this show. Um, this American fantasy dream television series is written by Jane Espenson and directed by Ron Underwood. It premiered on March 11, 2012. Uh, this episode is a modern retelling of Little Red Riding Hood fairy tale, and it focuses on Red Riding Hood, her grandmother and the wolf, which is similar to the original tale. In this fairy tale, Red Riding Hood and her fellow townspeople are virtual prisoners when a bloodthirsty wolf continues its ruthless killing, which is very different than the original. Um, This village was planning to go after this wolf that had been killing their cattle. Red Riding Hood was eager to go on this hunt. However, her grandmother told her that she couldn't go and she had to stay inside with her red cloak on, which I wasn't really sure why. That was occurring, but I found out later on, which I'll explain. Little Red Riding Hood and Red Handed might be one and the same with subtle hints that allude to this original tale. The key archetypal characters in both fairy tales are Little Red Riding Hood, Red, the grandmother, and granny, and the wolf. Um, The main archetypal character was obviously Red Riding Hood. She was a very important creature and a popular image in this tale. However, the difference in these two fairy tales is that Little Red Riding Hood was a little country girl, while Red was a human wolf and actually the werewolf in the story. Wolves seem to be common predators and bloodthirsty creatures, especially in the forest. Both of these tales use this wild animal as a powerful creature, and in the story he is already one just by existing in this world and harming these individuals. However, the main difference of the wolf is that the original uses this character as a metaphor for a sexually predatory man, while the modern retelling uses a human who can transform into a werewolf, which is very interesting, and this occurs if she isn't wearing her iconic red cloak. The biggest symbolism of this red cloak and hood are very different from each other. The enchanted cloak um, is used to repel a shift during the full moon, in the retelling tale where in the original one, she's constantly wearing the red hood. Red's grandmother paid a wizard for that cloak to keep her from turning into a wolf, and while Little Red Riding Hood was given a red hood from a good woman, it suited her extremely well, and it gave her the name. Little Red Riding Hood. Also I found that in the 19th century this red hood portrayed the idea that young daughters of wealthy families were painted wearing red caps and hoods which was very different than um, the original Little Red Riding Hood because it seemed to be that she was a poor family. Also red is an important color because it can symbolize a sexually vibrant and suggestive color while also symbolizing the approach of puberty and blood. These two ideas link very well together to create an important image in this fairy tale. There are important lessons to be learned in both of these tales. One is that well-bred young ladies should never talk to strangers or they will be dinner for a wolf. Also in the other one, listen to your family and be careful when you disobey them because it may backfire to harm you. The truth may arise at the most dangerous time of all, so be prepared for what you may run into later on. And I'm going to pass it on to Sarah now.
3: Alright, so for my individual analysis, I will discuss and compare the archetypes and archetypal, archetypal characters found in Little Red Riding Hood and the television series Grimm, specifically the pilot episode. Grimm's pilot episode first aired on October 28th in 2011, and it was filmed in Portland, Oregon. So the show opens up with a young woman wearing a red hoodie, she has her Greek letters on, and she's about to go on a run, and she goes through some of the nature trails by her college and she stops when she sees a peculiar peculiar figurine on the ground. When um, she stops, she picks it up and she suddenly gets attacked by a wolf-like creature. Then the leading protagonist of the show, Jack, he's a Portland police officer and he responds to the crime scene and starts this investigation, which ultimately is the plot of the show um the only trace to the suspect who killed this young woman was a large suit print that resembled a boot on the other hand jack has just found out from his dying aunt that um, she is a part of a long that she and him are a part of a long line of grims who can see the beastlike creatures the brothers Grimm originally thought up in their stories Um, these beast-like creatures lurk among everyone else and appear as regular people. However, only the Grimm's can see them for who they really are. So Jack can see all these people and that is how he gets a lead on his cases. And continuing, another little girl wearing a red jacket was said to walk a mile to visit her grandfather who lives on the other side of her neighborhood, yet... Um, She took a shortcut through the woods, and the original suspect, who killed the first girl in red, happens to be the mailman. And once the mailman sees that this little girl in red is headed off to her grandfather's, um, he shifts into a wolf and kidnaps the little girl. Um, When the wolf returned to his home deep in the forest, he opens this latch that's underneath a carpet in the floor, and this latch leads to a basement where the basement is set up like a little girl's room. The wolf opens the bag and releases the little girl onto the bed. And all she wants to do is just go home, but the wolf-like creature mailman won't let her leave. Um, then the scene switches to a news crew who is interviewing the little girl's parents. who And they are very distraught, which gives... Jack more information of where to find this suspect and he and since he can see these creatures he immediately knows where to go. So he goes and finds the house in the woods and at the end of this he eventually kills the wolf and frees the little girl from the basement. So there are many things that I found interesting and that stood out to me in this episode compared to the original story. First off that the setting is very modern it's set in Portland, Oregon, and many of us know how Portland looks. The neighborhoods are all lined with trees, and the houses are very close together, and there are a few parks, and it's very nature So you can see that the girl, little girl, um, had no problem with going through the woods since she knows that it's in her neighborhood. And what was also very strange was that the woods and the forest aren't as dark as compared in the original story. The forest here is very light and full of trees, yet it's not as unknown as the one in the story. Also, what I found was very interesting that there are multiple Little Red Riding Hoods. Both girls are of different ages. One is in college and the other is in elementary school. And I think that kind of shows the contrast of where these girls are in their lives and that coming-of-age thing that Peral had in mind. Um, Yet in the grim version of this, uh, in the grim version of the Little Red Riding Hood story, the protagonist, Jack, in the episode, closely resembles the huntsman who evidently saves Little Red Riding Hood. And I think that kind of... um, is synonymous with the happy ending in the Grimm version, where the huntsman cuts open the wolf's belly and out pops the grandmother and Little Red Riding Hood. Yet, where in Perrault's version she gets eaten by the wolf and it's a little more gruesome. Um, not to mention that the little girl has both a mother and a father, so we see the fatherly fatherly figure in her life. Yet she still ends up talking to this stranger, the mailman, and gets kidnapped. Um, Also, the little girl was to visit her grandfather and not her grandmother, like, in the story, so that was very strange. And so I think that in this episode, male figures are highlighted more than they were in the story, and I think that shows the difference of how... The characters interact with each other. And I think that the wolf is still very um, similar to his archetypal traits. And the episode character of the wolf and the story version of the wolf are both still very predatorial in both ways, whether deliberately shown or not. Um, I mean, he kidnapped a little girl and held her hostage. And I think that just shows how they're both very... I don't know, aggressive and dominant.
2: As you can
0: see, these modern retellings have definitely changed over time, and through these stories and films that we've watched, we learned about all about how the authors have challenged the archetypes of the original story.
2: Thank you for listening. Bye! Archetypes and Anarchy is produced by me, Courtney Floyd, and researched and written by my spring
0: 2018 Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon. Our theme music is Music Box by The Underscore Orchestra, and our closing music is Wolf, It's Really Rather Rad, by High Arches, both of which are available under a Creative Commons license at the Free Music Archive.
1: sound of the wolf that lives in the woods that comes to my back door from time to time shake the hand of the sun that burns above reaches down over everyone got your Jekyll and heart your monster inside pouring water over your fire I curl us a soul then I need to go back into the woods I'm so not a single living thing needs to be left out You can find in the garden what's missing in yourself There's a spot where back in access Connected by the number nine Can you think in visions And breathe in rhythms Dream an ocean over your lips It brings a deeper meaning A powerful feeling Brings us the myths we're told And it's only clean water That supports the things That we're trying to grow Not a single living cell needs to be left out You can find in the garden what's missing in yourself Have you seen the way the speaker makes a pattern in the sand When the frequency is just right Oh man, it's really rather rare